0: We remain standing for the reading of the Gospel, Luke's Gospel, the 19th chapter, the first 10 verses of that chapter. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He's gone to be the guest of one who's a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded any one of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, "Today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham, for the Son of man came to seek and to save the lost." This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. Please be seated. What were they thinking? They named their child righteous, a burden for a name, an invitation to playground name-calling and taunting, expectations weighing down a child, a reputation he could not live up to as an adult. Oh, they saw him grow for a while, and then he stopped while his peers kept growing. And surely his parents noticed. And small for his age soon morphed into just small. His body disappointed parental expectations. Their own religious manual said so, like Leviticus saying that a short person, among others who are blemished, shall not come near the holy altar of God. Their righteous hopes were dashed. And certainly he felt the sting of their disappointment. And a bruised soul often stunts growth in other ways. Zacchaeus, righteous, chose another path. His outsider status made him a prime recruit for Roman overlords looking for those to collect their taxes. I can see him, all grown now but still really short, standing between two burly Roman soldiers collecting taxes from those who taunted him and called him names. His playground powerlessness reversed. His littleness now is manifest in a small soul, and greed towers over them. He has wielded the weapons of extortion and embezzlement, and he's very good at it. And he stands above the other tax collectors because he's the chief and he's rich. Oh, he still hears the word said behind his back, oh, righteous one, oh, righteous traitor. Or he's big enough for treason, still too small for God. He tells himself that they can no longer hurt him with mere words, but he feels the menace of their resentment. He's grown into the wee little man of children's Bible study song. He counts his money, he calculates his revenge, but somewhere along the way he began to realize how much it was costing him. No longer worried about the disappointment of his parents, now he was busy trying to silence his own disappointment with himself. The chief tax collector, the top of his profession, rich, he can have whatever he wants but he has nothing that really matters. Maybe sometime he invited somebody to his house. Maybe somebody invited him. But only to gain favor and a better tax bill, he cannot fill his own emptiness. Well, oh, he hears the community talk about this prophet, this dangerous prophet, and he hears the, the betting going on between the Romans, the ones who think that it won't be too long till they put him up on a tree. And yet, Zacchaeus finds himself intrigued by what he hears a parable about a tax collector, someone like himself, praying and being forgiven. Who ever heard of such a thing? Or how he said, let the little ones come to me and he blessed them. He's not a child, but he's very small. Or about a rich man who claimed to be righteous, his own namesake, but who's also challenged to give it all to the poor. Who does that? A blind man who begged for mercy and pleaded with Jesus to be able to see again and finds healing. And he can see just well, thank you, but there's so many things he cannot see. Alone, in his bed at night, too restless for sleep, the time came when he sat up startled by the thought that he, Zacchaeus, righteous one, was all of those people, a little one, a tax collector, wealthy and blind. And then the day came for the parade of people, a knot of humanity surrounding this prophet. And with human curiosity and pregnant need, he tried to worm his way through the crowd. But he was at elbow level, and elbow level is not a good place to be when you're despised. So he ran and he climbed a tree, both activities of a child, a little one. Not very dignified, but he had to see. The crowd lurched forward, and now he could see and realize too late that he could also be seen. And Jesus looked up and saw him, the fine clothes, and he could hear the taunts of the crowd muttering about finally treeing Zacchaeus, that he belonged in a tree like some animal. When people think they're hidden in a crowd, they often say brutal things. Jesus sees this, he hears this, and he calls out Zacchaeus in a voice friendly and warm, come on down, I'd like to go to your house today. Perhaps stunned because no one has ever come to his house on purpose, very few have ever spoken his name with kindness. and Perhaps he realized that his position in a tree in rich clothes, a man of his position, looks more like a stray cat treed by an angry dog. In one snapshot, his life is a picture of humiliation and scorn. But he's coming to my house? So many thoughts crowd his mind. What do you feed a dangerous prophet? What if he's a Messiah? What do I feed a Messiah? How many of those people with him are coming? Did he just invite himself? Since I retired from hospice, I've kept in touch with some Amish families that I know, and I've told told them that when they come to town and they don't know anybody, I would love to have them to our house and we'll have dinner, we'll have lunch. I said that in the context that there's usually one or two of them who come to the hospital with them and thinking that there's a week or two notice about this. But on this particular day, Levi called me and said, Jim, you still want us to come to lunch? Sure, Levi. Well, we're in town, this is 9.30 in the morning, We can be at your house by 1130. Levi, just out of curiosity, how many are coming? Well, if you count the driver, there are 11 of us. When you see my wife, know that you're in the presence of a saint. I'm still married entirely due to the grace of my wife and to Costco. a meal at his house, how's he gonna do all this? You gotta go to the market and get the food and you gotta prepare, it's gonna take quite a while. And there's a lot of conversation, a lot of socializing, a lot of being welcomed in his own home. He wanted to see and now he will see And then the truth began to dawn. He has also been seen. The running, the tree climbing, the name calling, all betray him, all paint a picture that he has nothing that's worthy of this visit. And yet the dawning truth grows brighter. He's known. He's understood. He is accepted. The religious law barring him from the altar of God has been kicked aside. Though he climbed a tree to see, he needed to be seen. We all of us need to be seen, don't we? To be understood, appreciated, known, loved. We need to see ourselves through those eyes that love us, eyes that have seen us at our best and at our worst and at our mediocre normal. What keeps us from being seen? Fear. What if somebody truly saw me? What if they saw every uncensored thought that goes through my mind? Jokes I never utter out loud. What if they saw those actions that are less than noble? Motives less than pure? Wounds that take me to dark places. What if they just saw it all? The possibilities for rejection loom large. And it feels safer just to stay hidden. Who needs to be seen? The woman on her way to her second job surrounded by the wealth of the people whose beds she makes and whose toilets she scrubs, and people who know nothing of her children at home that she seeks to feed and house and educate, who know nothing of her fatigue, who needs to be seen. The middle-aged woman who celebrates her daughter's 16th birthday, and she's so filled with pain. Because when she was 16, she was pregnant, and her parents were ashamed, and they moved away and took her to a place where she knew nobody, and she gave birth, and they took the child and adopted the child to somebody else, and she never got to hold the child. And now she wonders where that child is and aches to know. Dare she tell her husband? her own children, that they have a sister. The stakes feel awfully high. Or the man who wanted to protect and serve and finds himself dressed in riot gear after 20 years of seeing people do their very worst. And he hates the cynicism that clouds his mind and the fear Choking his soul, even as he feels the anger of a crowd vibrating his very bones. Dare he tell his captain that he's afraid? That all he really wants to do is survive till he gets his 20 years in? That what he really wants is to go home safely? Or the quiet kid at school? So quiet, he's almost invisible. What if he dared to tell a teacher what really happens at his house? Who would believe him? He's just a kid. Safer to keep your head down and your mouth shut. So Jesus goes home with Zacchaeus, and the village tongue started wagging, He's going to eat with Mr. Righteous. Seems a little short on righteousness to me. And so the religious have griped about Jesus' kindness to the poor before. And now they gripe about Jesus' kindness to the 1%. And the pious have objected to the grace calls for justice. Reaching out beyond your group seems to always involve risk and vulnerability. And that will become crystal clear at the cross. Zacchaeus responds with a promise of reparations, a generosity that just just overflows. Interesting to me that the scholars differ on the translation. Some see this as I have presented it. I will do this in the future. I will will make up for what I've done in the past. It's all future. But others say, no, the verb is a present tense. I am already giving to the poor. I already pay 400% for any mistake I make that harms someone. In other words, Jesus is revealing someone who is already despised, blemished in their mind, but who is already generous and kind and you already lives out of the faith that matters. You choose which interpretation you want. But know this. When the grace of God visits a person, we see the wounds we inflict. And when the grace of God visits a person, our way of seeing stands exposed. And when the grace of God visits, we find the strength to heal the wounds we have inflicted with our greed or with our bias. And when the grace of God, God stops by, generous hearts are created and goodness just overflows. Who needs to see? Who needs to be seen? I do. Perhaps you do as well. Amen.